Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This is Maya Moore, and you're listening to Dishin' and Swishin'. Hey everybody, it's David Siegel, and we are going to squeeze in a really quick Final Four preview. It is a pleasure to welcome back the coach of the Oregon Ducks, the coach that captured everybody's imagination with a team, 10 seed going all the way to the Elite Eight, Kelly Graves. It's always a pleasure to have you on Dishin' and Swishin'. Welcome back. Oh, thanks, David. Glad to be here, buddy. Congratulations again, and you know, let's talk for a second real quick about the Ducks. You know, when we talked about a month and a half, two months ago, you know, we were talking about, you know, I said the team was going to make the tournament. You said that you had to take care of some business first. Well, the business ended up booming, and, and it was quite a run. <laughs> so, so you had to yeah. be thrilled about how everything went, even though it was uh, earlier than than you expected, and I'm sure it didn't end the way you wanted it. Well, no, in in uh, in everything you just said, I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're correct. Last time we were uh, we, we spoke, we were just I think hoping to get in the field at that point. Had to do some some um, you know get a couple more wins, but you know I just felt if this young team could just get in the tournament, experience what it's like, I think it was going to help us in the you know in the long term. It's all part of the process. Um, we we got a you know not only did we get in, but uh, like you said, we we were fortunate enough to win some games and. Uh, you know, we actually played pretty well the last three weeks, and we had to win at Washington in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, uh, and then, obviously, the, the, the Temple win was was uh, was amazing. Came down to the last play of the game, and then the, the Duke win on the road, and the Maryland win. I mean, it was quite a, uh, a run for these guys. So I'm just really happy, uh, really happy for them. I mean, they they earned it, and. And believe me, we we earned it. <laughs> we went cross, David. We went cross country, buddy, twice. It's amazing. We made the, fur, we made the furthest trip twice in the uh, in the NCAA tournament, and uh, throw in two days of finals in between that. And it was something what these guys did. No, it really it really was. And you know, but, but right now, you know, it's funny. While everybody else heads to Dallas, you know, you've got a different itinerary right now, and I think it's fantastic because of. Because of your history, past and present, where you're headed. Tell everybody about where you're going right now. Yeah, so I'm waiting for my flight right now with my family. I've got my wife. They're just huge hoop junkies. I mean, just junkies. Uh, love everything about the sport. And about two months ago, uh, we sat down as a family thought, okay, well, what do we want to do for spring break? And um, and we thought, well, let's go to the men's final form. It's in Phoenix. Uh, my wife is an Arizona State grad, and we have tons of family there. So, you know, we can stay with family. It's not a big deal. And we go, okay, that's that's great. And then we thought, wow, our ducks are, are doing great, and the Zags, you know, that's my, my boys, two of my three boys still, their favorite team. And uh, and my youngest son, Will, is best friends with Mark Fuse's uh, oldest son, AJ. In fact, Will, when he goes to Spokane for – you know, weekends or weeks at a time. He actually stays with the Fuse. And uh, and so at the time we thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool if one or, or the other made it? And now both made it. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It makes it really, really special. We'll have so many fam, uh, friends, you know, down there from, from both schools. And, and then people, after we started to make our run, they said, well, Coach, what uh, – uh, what happens if your team makes it to Dallas? And I go, hey, listen, I, I would gladly eat whatever I 
paid for these tickets to get to Phoenix. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would gladly give those up for that opportunity to get to Dallas. But um, So anyway, we had a great plan B in, in case plan A didn't work out, which it didn't. But uh, we're really looking forward to having a great trip down there. Well, you guys certainly earned a, earned some time off, some R&R, that's for sure. But I wanted to tap into your history from this season before you head yeah. on vacation and you lose all those brain cells. Uh, you, <laughs> Already gone, buddy. <laughs> but you I'll are a co- what I got left, but it's going to be a real short interview. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you are a coach that actually played three of the four Final Four teams. You uh, played Connecticut, of course, we all know, just this week. Uh, you played Stanford, of course, in the uh, Pac-12 conference, and people may not remember going all the way back, but you actually played Mississippi State in Hawaii early on in this mm-hmm. year. So let, let's talk a little. We might as well start right with Mississippi State then, since that's the one that that has been out here uh, and has caught a lot of people's imagination as well because of the success of Morgan William uh, in particular. Uh wow. Talk for a second about what what playing against for uh, Mississippi State and that defense and everything that they have, the way that Vic Schaefer has run that program, what that's like playing against them. Yeah, well, I don't remember a lot of the specifics because, you know, it was on, in Hawaii, and I was just hanging loose at that time, buddy, just <laughs> hanging loose, you know. So, uh, but I do remember just a suffocating defense. I mean, they, they don't, very similar to UConn in terms of they don't allow you to run your stuff and get comfortable. You know, uh, Vic does just such a great job of getting them uh, through the game because I didn't think I would see him again. Um, little did I know we were one game away from maybe seeing him again. But, um, you know, because I like to hear what other coaches think about us and how they attacked us. And, uh, you know, they just are so detailed in their report. Um, and they nailed it. They they obviously spend a lot of time on scouting. But, uh, but you know, they're, they're upper class laden. And, and uh, our game was good. It was actually a two-point game in the fourth quarter. And then late, they just kind of put the clamps down defensively, forced some turnovers, um, and um, you know, and then and then beat us. Ended up beating us by about ten or so. But uh, what I remember is they're just very smart. They didn't beat themselves. Vivian's against us had a great game. I, I remember that hit two late threes in the corner after some ball reversal. Um, yeah, she had but, seventeen uh, and seventeen on seven of thirteen. Seventeen yeah, and, I, and they just they kind of pounded us on the glass too. They're just they're so you know they don't quit. You know they just they play every possession to the end, and that's a real credit to a, um, a, a you know veteran team, a smart team, and a great coach and coaching staff. And it's interesting they've evolved since they played against you. Uh, in looking at it, one of the things that jumped out at me in looking up the box score for that game was that. You know, Blair Schaefer, who has become such an important part with her three-point shooting, yeah. played five minutes in that game. Yeah. She hadn't yeah, earned the playing time yet. So so they, mm-hmm. they've they really changed things. And McCowan, uh, the big center, had uh, only played 15 minutes. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they've changed and evolved, and, and, and McCowan wasn't in foul trouble when she sat out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But they're definitely a tough team, and they're going to be—they'll be playing against the team you, you're now the most familiar with recently was uh, Connecticut. So, talk for a sec about playing against UConn and what really impressed you uh, the most about the, oh. that team. You know, 
you watch them on film and, and you watch them enough and your staff breaks them down and, and you go, wow, well, they've got this hole and they've got that hole. And, boy, if we attack this and, and did that, hey, we, we've got a shot. I watched them in person that, um, you know, the, right after we played and, and I go, wow, this is going to be tougher than it looked on film. Um, and then when you see them play your own team, it's just the speed with which they play sets them apart. And then defensively, holy criminy, we, we couldn't do anything. We were just, we were on our heels right from the get-go, turning the ball over, which was, you know, pretty unusual for us. Um, and they just got us out of sync. They take away your best options. You know, I know everybody talks about Geno and UConn, their, their offense. It's been so great over the years, but I think what has set them apart from everybody else is their defense. So that game is, is going to be against two programs that scout well, make you play to your weaknesses, uh, take away your strengths, and um, it's going to be a fun chess match to watch. That being said, um, Connecticut, the way they play, the speed, I think is just going to be overwhelming uh, regardless of who they play. That's just just my take. Yeah, the thing about Connecticut is not only do they play that defense, but you're right about the their offensive explosions, the firepower that they have and the ability to make shots. I just I look at Mississippi well, State and while they have been scoring a lot of points in this tournament, I just wonder if they have the ability to score with UConn. That would have been my question. Are they going cuz you're not going to keep UConn down. You're not going to keep them in the 70s, the 60s. I I wouldn't think. So, is Mississippi State going to be able to score enough? in that kind of game, even though it's two defensive-oriented teams. You know, you still, they're going to score baskets. You know, you, you watch, like you said, you watch on film. Uh, tell me what it's like watching Gabby Williams play defense uh, and uh, her abilities in person. Well, she's actually one of the ones that I was more impressed with in person. Yeah. You know, on film, you think, okay, this is somebody we can at least post up. I mean, she's a she's a center. They're playing the center, power forward anyway, at six foot. And uh, but you don't appreciate the athleticism and and just they're, they're so strong. I mean, they, that's what I was impressed with. The, I, I do they fudge their height numbers? You know, because they should <laughs> appear and seem a lot taller and bigger than they are. Broad shoulders, just athletic, so confident and everything and. Um, I think that's what, uh, you know, that, that's what I, I noticed. But watching her on film, it's like, okay, I think we can do this, you guys, you know, and Gabby in particular. But no, no, she, she's phenomenal. They just bait your post players. Our, our post couldn't seal them. They, they tried, but that kid would just, you know, run around them and, and steal the, uh, the, the entry pass. Well. Let's talk about the third team you saw. And, and Kelly, you'll excuse me if I don't ask you how to beat Stanford because because <laughs> they kind of had your number this year. They they swept you yeah. three times. But, yeah. you know, Tara, of course, is Tara's one of the great coaches of all time. But you, I've looked at this Stanford team, and I keep saying, oh, okay. And then they keep winning, and here they are in the Final Four. Yeah, well, you know what? But, look, it, it's uh, it's culture. They know how to win. You know, um, they go to Stanford because they want to win, and they know they're going to. And I, that that goes a long way. Those UConn kids, you know, it's just the same way. They they're good, no doubt, but they believe too, and they they expect to win, and they they play that way. You know, um, yeah, Stanford. 
You know, now the first time we played them was Sabrina's first game back after about five weeks off. So we, we just weren't the same, and it was at their place. At our place, it came down to the to the last two minutes of the game. We, we had a chance, and then when we played them in the conference tournament, I think we were actually up at halftime. Had controlled most of the first half, and then they just kind of flexed their muscles. But, uh, you know, they just play smart. They're very much like UConn. They don't beat themselves. you got to knock them out. And, um, you know, and they've got uh, a good blend of inside and outside. I mean, Carly Samuelson's an elite shooter. Um, you have to play her for that, so she's going to stretch the defense. Um, you've got McCall, is an active, active post player, uh, who can also step out and beat you at 17 feet. Uh, but she's great around the rim. Uh, then they have, um, uh, Brittany McPhee, who's kind of that slasher at the at three spot, who can beat you off the dribble and, and, and strong. And then they got a bunch of role kids. And I think one of the role players that's really come on for them is Alana Smith. I just think she's terrific. She can beat you around the basket. She can beat you off the dribble. She can shoot the three. And then what you're going to get from them is you're going to get a lot of patterns. You're going to get a lot of quick hitters. You're going to get, uh, you know, they're going to exploit matchups. Um, they play smart. They play smart. They play within themselves. They never take a bad shot. Um, you know, so it, I, if anybody can beat UConn, I would think it's somebody like Stanford. And ironically, they were the last team to beat. UConn. This is true. So if 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 that ends up being the national championship game, yeah. you know you, you you got me intrigued there. The Samuelson Invitational. Yeah, I, it, only if the, the Stanford kids were a little smarter. You know what I mean? I think they're <laughs> they're a little deficient in that area. <laughs> a little deficient. Absolutely. You know, I didn't expect, especially with when they lost Thompson. Uh, I mean, she was such an athletic player when she transferred yeah. out. I thought that that was going to really, you know, I, I, they'd still be Stanford, but I figured they would be a ten to between in the ten to twenty range of uh, of teams this year, but not a Final Four team. But you can never count yeah. you can never count them out. And don't sleep on their two guards, uh, you know, to play the point. Uh, Roberson is a, a savvy senior and a really good defender. You know, she's going to be able to at least slow down. Uh, you know, the UConn guards, uh, very smart and can shoot the three. You, you know, if you, you give her room, she'll, she'll beat you. And then I'm impressed with Marta Snizic, um, their sophomore kind of backup point, even though she plays starters minutes. She's smart. You know, she's not a great offensive player in terms of scoring, but she, uh, uh, you know, she's savvy. She's tough. She, she's like a UConn kid. So I, I think they're going to be okay at the point. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the kids inside, McCall and, and uh, Johnson and Smith, they, they're going to have to battle. They're going to have to have a heck of a night. Well, what's interesting is, you know, they play South Carolina in the first round. Now, this is the one team, of course, you did not play. But one thing that you are very familiar with, you know, every coach is over the years, you always have those injuries that change, this, that change the dynamics of your team. And, honestly, the, the way that South Carolina has – changed and adjusted so quickly to losing an all-American talent in Elena Coates and going small and using Kayla Davis to such an extreme level compared to where she was before. I'm really impressed with the way that Dawn has adjusted and adapted that team to being able to play at a different style. How difficult is that as a coach when you lose a star to have to get your team to, to immediately adjust and buy in to what a new system is? Well, if anybody knows that, I do. <laughs> last year, the last weekend of Pac-12 play, we lost Jillian Aileen, our All-American. Uh, 
and um, and we didn't handle it well. We struggled the last weekend and then lost the first game of the Pac-12 tournament. However, with a little bit of practice and a little bit of time, we ended up winning four games in the NIT and, and got to the semifinals of that tournament without her. And we completely changed. We went from an inside-oriented kind of approach to spread it out and shoot a lot of threes. So, um, yeah, I think what Don has done is, is incredible, you know. Now, if, if Coach was her only post player and you lost her, okay, and then had to make an adjustment. Now, that's something. Now, she still has Wilson inside. I, I coached Wilson as well as Alicia Gray with SA Basketball. So I got to know those two pretty well, and uh, they're phenomenal, phenomenal players. And, and with Wilson inside, maybe it gives her a little more freedom to operate. And like you said, what I've noticed is, yeah, they're giving Kayla a lot more freedom, and uh, and she's getting a lot more shots, and 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 consequently has is a lot more confident. It seems now that she knows she's got to be the go-to. So uh, that's you had to, well. Listen, you don't get to be the USA coach if you don't know something. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously, is uh, you know is is uh, is doing it the right way. So that that's going to be they're the they're the team. I like you said. I just don't know that much about intimately. So I I, I can't give you too much of a report. Other than that, I'm sure it's going to be a great game. Well, I do know that if you give Tara four or five days to prepare for an opponent, then uh, you, you're kind of inviting trouble. No doubt. No doubt. And you know what I really appreciate about her in this tournament? There was a, a little text from Tara, you know, good luck, uh, you know, after the game, hey, great win. You know, she's that's just kind of the person she is. So, you know, I always like to to see good things happen to good people, and Tara's good people. So well, uh, that'll be a battle. Well, th- just to wrap things up, let's talk for one, one quick second about that conference because – you know, everybody saw the pictures of you guys all watching, uh, you know, watching the men's side, watching, you know, and, and then trying to watch the Stanford, the end of the Stanford game as well. And, you know, the conference really seems to be in, you know, about it. You hear about everybody moving conferences and changing things around, and the Pac-12, in particular in women's basketball, seems to be the healthiest conference that I've ever seen. I mean, everybody respects each other. Everybody likes each other. You're all winning, at least outwardly, you all like each other. Uh, you're winning, you're advancing in tournaments. I mean, this is something that really speaks volumes to the coaches and the culture that you guys have built out there. Well, come on, we're West Coasters, you know what I mean? Hey, you know, we're all happy and healthy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know what it is. I I think, and I'm not going to sit here and say that we don't get the respect and on and on and on, you know, East Coast bias, et cetera, et cetera, but we're the only conference out here, and so I think for that reason we do kind of stick together. It is kind of us against the world mentality because we do get knocked from time to time as a conference, and I know people are still doing it, even though we had five teams in the Sweet 16. You know, last year two in the Final Four, and this year one in the Final Four. But um, yeah, so I, I think that's it. Plus, quite frankly, knowing the coaches in this league like I do, they're just good people. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, so it's not surprising that that we pull for each other, um, and and I think that the conference itself, conference offices, has done a really good job of, um, you know, make, giving us all talking points on how to uh, promote the conference. I mean, that's important. That's something that we actually talk about in meetings. You know, how can we promote our promote ourselves and be a part of the same team? You know, the hashtag back the pack and. 
You know, we all kind of use that. So I don't think it's phony. I think it's genuine. I think people really do pull for each other. Our players, you know, they're all West Coast. We don't get – we're not pulling in a ton of East Coast kids. And so basically all these players are from the same clubs out here in the West, and uh, and they know each other, so they're friendly. And I don't know. I, I, I personally enjoy coaching in this league. I do. I think it's quite a challenge, and, and it's very rewarding. All right. So you're gonna give me you're gonna give me a prediction, or are you gonna skip that? Uh, yeah, I'll give you a prediction. No, I guess I better not. Hey, hey how's this? How's this? <laughs> yes, uh, I, I'm going Stanford. Okay. I am. I'm gonna go. I, I would love to see it, and I, I love Vic. And you know what? Vic also sent me a text after our Duke win. So. Um, you know, I'm pulling for him. I'm actually pulling for all. They're all nice, nice people. Um, but um, UConn is going to be just having played them. I just think they're going to be tough to beat, buddy. I mean, I'm not going out on a limb there. I know, but they just—they're just, they're just a, a cut above. They just are. Well, I know that you guys will get UConn. Uh, you don't get to, you're not playing them, but they're going to be out in Oregon next year. And I know that I read an awful lot of people. Saying, gee, why is, can't we get change that schedule and get Oregon to play UConn next year <laughs> instead of Michigan State? I'm going to work on that. I, I would love for this freshman class as juniors and seniors to maybe do a home and home with with them. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to try and work on that as soon as all this is done this, this spring. Well, I'm sure Phil would be on board with that. I mean, uh, you know, it, 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 Boy, that was that was the leverage. Nike Invitational when you guys played the other day. Yeah. I know he might be my leverage. That's it. But it's very supportive of of our program. There's no doubt. Well, I will say that you guys by far had the coolest warm up shirts and uniform combinations and stuff <laughs> that that I saw. That 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 Otis, that Otis Day in the Nights uh, send off the other day <laughs> was fantastic. Yeah. So. Well, Kelly, yeah, we've got so much gear. It's crazy. So. <laughs> In, enjoy your vacation. Congratulations on Thank a phenomenal you. season, and I can't wait to see what these youngins do for you next year. They they just seem like a great group of kids. I was so impressed with them in their interviews, and uh, you're, you're definitely uh, you definitely got things rolling the right way, Coach. Enjoy the time off. Well, I thank you, David. I appreciate it, buddy. Take care. Keep in touch. Bye bye.